Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah!
Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 214 of Getting It Out Podcast. That was the international black and hardcore group Spill Your Guts with Prey on Death. Prey on Death is the name of the song. It's off of the album The Wrath It Takes. It's coming out on March 25th through three different re- record labels. Stay with me. Perm City Punk Records in Russia, Trepanation Records in the UK, and Graboid of the Ground Records in China. Whatever the fuck that means. But hey, that's very cool. Um, very cool to see all that international flavor on one thing. This band has members from Russia, members from Canada, and members from... You know what? Let's leave it at Russia and Canada. Even though there is a guy from Scotland in there, let's just leave it at Russia and Canada. Because we touch on Russia and Canada and Russians and Canadians in this episode of Getting It Out podcast. Because this episode features an interview with two of the fellows in Gloves Off, the Pennsylvania metalcore band. They've got a record out now on Upstate Records called Life and Everything After. We're going to talk all about that and uh, probably too many other things. But, you know, that's the nature of the interview this time around. So, let's just get into it. Damn, what's good, all you bitches and bitches? It's the illustrious hot dog back at it again with another podcast intro. They said, oh, you want to do a podcast intro for the Getting It Out podcast? So here we are back again, another episode of this little podcast. I might have mentioned before, I think I did on last week's episode that I started a new job and now I'm working really close to home. So I've been walking, not every time, but most days I walk uh, to, or fr- to and from at some point, right? I might drive there and then drive home at lunch because it's still fucking March and it's kind of cold and then I'll walk back at lunch and then I'll walk back at home, right? Today I'm walking to to there, walked back at lunch, walking back from lunch, and walking back home. That's four four walks. All right, that's pretty good math, right? And uh, I've noticed one thing about this, and I'm talking my walk is short, 0.7 miles to be exact, and uh, it's through my neighborhood essentially. And I've noticed that uh, people don't like walking beside other people anymore. Like <laughs> like it's amazing the length that people will go to cross the street. I see people coming at me on the same sidewalk. Half a block up, they're crossing the street. Um, I don't know, like, I know what I look like, and I'm not that imposing of a figure. And I see other people doing it to other people, too. So it's not just me. It's just weird. It's not that big of a deal to walk past each other anymore, people. We can go back to doing it. Can't we? I don't know. I also saw, while walking the other day, a lady walk out of her house, check her mail, and go back in. All the while wearing a mask. Which is ridiculous. And I'm not here to shame anybody on uh, their mask wearing. Uh, do whatever the fuck you want. But come on, lady. We're in the suburbs. You, you're not going to run into anybody. 
<laughs> you just walk to your mailbox and back. There's no need for the mask. Maybe I don't know. There's, there could be other things that I don't know about her, though. And maybe it is necessary. And maybe I'm just an asshole for assuming things. But whatever. I can live with that. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned, on this episode, I got an interview with Ethan and Cody of Gloves Off. And rather than me talk more, let's just let them do the talking. But first, let's play a song. And how about we do the first track off of their new record, Life and Everything After. It's called Pinnacle in Timelines. And uh, after that, you'll hear my interview. So let's go.
when did gloves off begin i think like 2017 i started a band with uh, a bunch of dudes i was in another band with plus another dude i grew up with the dude i grew up with ended up moving to back to peru peru yeah yeah his name's lovato oh he's a character and a half to say the least but he's my man he's a school teacher now actually and uh i met him and sean through other people we've had like a revolving door of people to make this work over the last couple of years yeah well you with when uh when gloves off started that first uh what is it the vhs generation oh the demo the, yeah the demo right the demo okay so there was the demo and then i think when you got on my radar it was the three-way split time spent uh, in cemeteries yeah right and um and then early on, I thought there was a thing. There seemed to be a thing with song titles being named after movies. Oh, so I didn't want to take hardcore seriously because I, I don't like to. Ever. No. So like instead of like writing about real personal shit that I'm uncomfortable talking about a lot of the time, I've gotten better with it, obviously. Right. Because of the subject matter. But um, we would just pick random 90 songs. And that's what we would write the songs about because I thought it was funny. Nice, nice. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it worked. It worked. <laughs> so you guys, what, 2017, 2016, something like that, you said? Yeah, it was like 2017, um, I think the beginning of the year. And just like the kind of right pieces fell into place and we, we kind of all just made it work and it, it kind of gelled from their own. And was did you have any experience in other bands before you started Gloves Off? Uh, I was in a band called Lightning Arms, which was like kind of like the Chariot. It was just all over the place. Yeah. I was in a band called Remington, which was like a screamer band back in the day. I was in Were you ever skinny enough to be in bands band. like that? Nah, dude. <laughs> never. I think never. so. It was like a... It's, never. You gotta be like half of yourself. You could be in one of those bands. I'm not that I'm, I mean, calling, like, I'm not calling you fat, by the way. I'm just calling them really skinny. <laughs> well, I mean, like, Adderall was cool in high school. So, I mean, like, I look better. <laughs> <laughs> I used no, to, you definitely did not. I used to have some roommates in college that would sniff Adderall, and I used to just tell them it was like white trash coke, and that like, what do you, what do you fucking do? But they, but they loved it, so you know, it whatever. definitely is white trash coke, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you did all that stuff, and you started gloves off. You said there's been a lot of a lot of members so far, but are, are you the only consistent one? Uh, I'm the original member. Um, me and me, Ethan and Sean are like the three core guys, and then yeah. we brought in. Um, both of our fill-ins that were just friends of ours from a band called Collider. That's Phil and uh, Brian Mock. And once they kind of joined, we bicker a lot more because of how close we all are. Because I grew up with Phil and like yeah. B-Mock's one of his closest friends as well. So like we bicker a lot more, but it, it just meshes with music and we're all angry in our own separate way, which is what we <laughs> Right, right. Where, where are you all at? I mean, I think I want to say it says Bucks County. We in the real land of Kings, Bucks County. Lower Bucks. <laughs> well, for people who aren't from Bucks County, that's the same thing as Berks County, and it, you'll never be able to convince me otherwise. No, I feel you. The only thing with Bucks is, is, like, at least we have that crazy history of, like, you know, Planka Park and bands like, you know, This Day Forward and yeah. Circus Survives all from here. Like, for some reason, Bucks County pumps out musicians. Yeah. That's, that's interesting because where I'm at, Kind of has the same same thing going on. I don't understand it. Lancaster, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I have no fucking idea why there's 
for a while it was like the metalcore capital. Like, the, mm-hmm. yeah. well, I, you know, not the capital. I'm exaggerating a bit there, but you know, August Burns Red and all those. Like these people are yeah. are neighbors of mine. I see them when I'm out running. I, you know, but they're all out on tour with Kill Switch Engaged and the fucking one guy's playing shows with Metallica right now. Um, yeah, it's fucking wild. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah, and but 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 Lancaster in general, there's been a ton of uh hardcore metal and punk even that came out of here for some fucking. I used reason. to drive there when I was in like junior high to go to Angry Young and Poor for patches and shit. Yeah, it's patches and studs, right? Yeah, that's the, that's the place. It's still never, there, never trust the man that didn't listen to punk rock first. Dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna trust you. I'm fucking sucks. Yeah, you suck. What did you come up on then? Oh, just. Like metal, stupid, fast tech death and shit like that. Before I'm the that. only. I'm the before only that. non-metal. I'm the one non-metal. The Bef- before the stupid, fast tech death, what was before that? It's got to be something. Uh, I guess like new metal, really. Yeah, no, that's cool. I'm in. That I'm into it. the foot in the door, and then like Slipknot got me into like more extreme shit, and then I kind of just like fell down the rabbit hole from there. All of a sudden, I was. 15 listening to fucking Nile like a loser. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I figured. I figured that's like the gateway because, right, like, like, I don't know your guys' ages. It doesn't really matter. I assume uh, everybody's mid to late 30s here. I'm 30. 30 just looks like shit. I'm 34. Yeah, Yeah, that's rough. Okay, so I'm a a little older than both of you, but not much. Um, So, so like me, it was uh, like 90s was like uh, the stuff that was. I guess it was, we called it punk, but it was more like, looking back, it was more like pop punk. It was, you know, I don't know, the, the shit that would come on the Punkorama CDs, but it was Punkorama. Yeah, volume. that's that's my wheelhouse we're talking about right yeah, now. Yeah, that's, that's that's, yeah, yeah. That's what I listened to. Yeah, yeah. And so that was like my shit, whereas Punkorama, I got this pair, I got a CD with a, my first pair of skate shoes. Uh, yeah, Punkorama like volume fat 2. music 1. for fat people and shit. I had all those comps. Right, it was into all that, but then, then I, like that got me into... Uh, I don't know how I don't know how it connected the dots to like Machine Head and shit on uh, Roadrunner Records, and then it went you know Roadrunner Records. Well, I'm going full new metal then in the late '90s, yeah. and then then somehow came into hardcore and then metal and whatever. So I still love all that shit. Yeah, so I, I don't see. I Thank don't give a fuck how uncool it is. Yeah. Um, still into it all, uh, but it's always interesting to hear where people got into this because you don't just start playing music. Like what you guys do with gloves off, like you know, there's got to no. be some. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of steps before you start mixing a bunch of shit like this together. A whole lot of trauma too. Yeah, <laughs> a whole lot of trauma. I've been trying to force blast beats into this band for five years, and I finally accomplished it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, when, when we get to it, and we will, I was going to tell you that uh, life and everything after is very much a metal record. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I got told to shut up and they're going to do what they want to do. And I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fair. Enough. Everybody do what they're good at, right? Yeah, I can just write words and I'm really, really angry like when yeah. I play. So it's like a whole different part of me. So that's the only thing I bring to the table. Literally everything that's really creative about this band, other than the words, is all these guys. They're just ridiculous musicians. Yeah, I think that's the... the all right, there's a certain thought that comes to, to my mind when I see a band name like Gloves Off. And you guys don't match that. No, not and anymore. I don't think. Yeah, okay. Not, I'll give you not anymore. But yeah. when when I first saw Gloves Off, you know, I'm a, I'm a originally a Pennsylvania hardcore guy, but I was down in Baltimore for years, and then I came. Now I'm back, right? So anytime I see a Pennsylvania hardcore band, I want to love it no matter what. And but you look at a band name like Gloves Off, and I'm thinking, I fucking know what this is. Yeah, and I'm not gonna like it. <laughs> <laughs> 
And now, but now, if you listen, if you play me what Gloves Off says now, it's not what I, it's not what I think it's going to be. And I do like it. You know, I'm wrong on all accounts. <laughs> I <laughs> think is, like when we, when we started the band, like before they were even the band, we couldn't like find a band name or anything, and that came about. And like we were just writing simple beatdown shit, and it worked. And then over time, it just kind of stuck, and we were stuck with it. Yeah. Well. Uh, I mean, the name's Gloves Off. Seems like a uh, hockey reference. Are any? Are you, are you all Canadian? No, nah, no. Nah, I mean, I wish half the band I doesn't wish. even like sports. It's I really like Canadians. Though. You do like Canadians. Yeah. yeah, they're pretty awesome. Canadians are really nice. Although one time when I was real young, I had a Canadian. He was a liar, and I accidentally pushed him through. Well, I didn't accidentally. I pushed him through my neighbor's window. Pushed him through the glass out the out the window. He probably deserved it. He did. You know, I, I don't know what happened, but he did. Uh, that's harness your thing with Canadians. Yeah, that? I'm, I'm telling you, because then, because then the mom comes in and says, "What happened?" I'm like, "He tripped," and he's like, "He pushed me." I'm like, "Fucking dickhead!" Yeah, he's yeah, like, fucking rat. Yeah, we could have just gotten away. We fell. You, you fell through the window. It was your dumb fault. But no, you told him that I pushed you through, which was true. But he shouldn't have done it. You know, should have took the L. Yeah. So I got the same thing with Russians. One time I was at LA Fitness, and this old Russian guy took his swim shorts off in the sauna, and his dick was just flapping around. It made. <laughs> really serious eye contact with me and now i don't like any russians ever. <laughs> well that's that's good timing that's very topical so <laughs> yeah. they're still doing things i don't like uh, yeah i don't yeah. hate anybody <laughs> i hate, nope. I mean, I hate everybody yeah i hate right. everybody just not because of their nationality <laughs> well you gotta pick one i mean there's gotta be like like uh, white people fucking white, white people dude <laughs> yeah. like white people at walmart <laughs> that's 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 basically a race uh, Pretty much yeah. anybody who drives a Ford Explorer can <laughs> drive it off a cliff. Um, gloves off. So you do a couple of things. You you have the the VHS generation demo. You do the three way split. Then there is an EP that was on Fast Break, right? Mm-hmm. Born Broken. That was uh, Ethan's baby. Honestly, like me and Ethan would just rock shit out, and that was his baby. He brought most of the songs to the table, and it just was angry, <laughs> just pissed off. <laughs> I really didn't like. What we were writing, and I felt like we were kind of getting boxed into something that I didn't want to be in. Yeah. So I got just kind of mad and wrote a bunch of songs really fast, and that's how that came about. Yeah. Did that, that 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 to me, from my perspective, and maybe that's because I was just back in Pennsylvania then, but that to me seemed like where I started noticing gloves off on more shit. Um, yeah. 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 We just do uh we do our own thing, and uh every now and then people show love for it, and if they don't, they don't. I'll just keep doing what I do. But uh, during that time, a lot of people were helping us out, trying to get us out there. We were able to play more. That's also where the kind of like switching of members came in again, because, you know, families happen, dude, and you can't always just go out and do it. Right. Have, has Gloves Off toured much at all? Uh, we do weekends a couple times a year, but like right. he's a grown ass man with a kid. Everyone got kids in the band except for me. And I got a dog. I just got married. So we, we try to do at least, Five weekends a month and anything within like three hours. I don't think that math works. Uh, a year, a year, <laughs> a year. <laughs> a year. No, we but, all we play music because we want to play music. Like if it became a career, I don't think we would want to do. It. Yeah, no, for sure. But but yeah, yeah, I would give it a shot. Um, the uh, the life EP mm-hmm. came out about a year ago. Right, it came yeah. out the week of the pandemic. We were all oh, nice. <laughs> nice. it came out yeah. almost exactly two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. 2020, 2020 was 2020. two years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Jesus. yeah. We put that out 
and the world shut down and nobody listened to it at all. So that was fun. That was cool. Did uh, that was that was upstate, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. How did you how did you uh, develop that relationship with Kim and Mario at Upstate? Because for me doing this and get to know them, I love um, them. They're great. I, I love Mario and Kim. It's like mom and dad. Um, I had put them in contact with some other bands that are on their label that were looking for representation. And me and Mario ended up having a relationship. And we stuck it out with Fast Break, who are still our homies. I still love right. all the Fast Break. That's still family to us. But for what we wanted to do, Mario was able to help us go in the right direction a little more, especially with like PR and uh, just pretty much media sources and like printing stuff for us, like the, the vinyl that we did out of and CDs and stuff. He was just, the relationship was there. Yeah. Um, I got the blessing to leave Fast Break to go to Upstate. We still have a great relationship. It was just the right move for us to do at the time. Nice, nice. Well, they've, uh, they do a great job of, well, they do a great job in general, but they do a really good job of standing behind their bands. And of course, of course, you know that. Um, so that EP comes out. And like you said, you don't really get to do anything with it. And you, and I don't know. I don't know what the fuck we were listening to back then. But so those songs have shown up again here. Was, was that the intent for those songs to be part of an LP in the future? Or so the whole, the whole process was to do like two seven inches. Yeah. And to do it as like a split sheet, you know, like two vinyls and it'd be two different thought processes. It's kind of like a concept album of everything leading up to your last day and suicide and everything after, which is just being in hell with your thoughts and being a fucking depressed human being, which is sadly where a lot of us are sometimes. So we had this thought process stuck with it. And I mean, we thought about ditching it a bunch of times. I'm glad we didn't. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think everything flows really well together. And it's kind of like, it's like the meatloaf of metalcore bands. Like it's a giant, <laughs> it's a giant fucking just like roller coaster ride through an emotional breakdown. Very theatrical. Very theatrical. Yeah. My grandma was a huge meatloaf fan, dude. Well, I'm sorry for her loss. No, nah, she's still, no, nah, nah, she, no, she's okay. I'm, so, I'm sorry for She'll her loss. She'll see him soon. Yeah. She'll yeah. see him soon. <laughs> okay. She'll see him in the next couple of years, dude. We'll hang out. He was a lot cooler <laughs> when he wasn't going on Trump rants. So. Yeah. yeah sure. Was he? I didn't even know he was doing that, but uh, yeah, that's, yeah. you just ruined him for me. But yeah, um, yeah. nah, look gets a pass, dude. You don't care. The bat out of hell is still on the shelf right behind me. So you know, I, I, I love that. Um, I don't like the way your record starts and ends because it's the, the, with the with the noise. Oh, but that's the whole thought process on it. Uh, yeah, I know. I know exactly what it's very uncomfortable. Yeah, it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable, and unfortunately, and all joking aside, very. Very recently, uh, of someone close to me the same way, right? Mm-hmm. So, so those, those, and 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 not the only one, of course. Uh, yeah. People in our circle, uh, unfortunately, seem to be extremely familiar with the topic of death and suicide, even at our age, right? Yeah. And uh, and I don't, I don't know how to say it correctly, but like, I like that you're referencing and talking about those type of things, and only that it brings attention. But I still don't like hearing the things that are in there. But I understand. I understand artistically why it's there. Yeah, let me let me give you a breakdown real quick. We played a show in New Jersey in like this park. Yeah, and I'm in another band called Scene Points, which is like a pop punk cover band that we do for fun a couple times a year. It's yeah, like pretty big in NPA. And um, our guitar player went missing the night before. I found out that he jumped off the bridge on the way to the airport as we're setting up the drums to play, and I still had to play all those songs. Huh. 
and all those songs are literally about me killing myself. So I struggle really hard with mental problems. So does he. So it's it's just we're very, very open about it. And I know yeah. it's an uncomfortable subject matter, but that's why a lot of people don't talk about it. And I'm just extremely, extremely open about it. That's I mean, that's that's great uh, that you're open about it, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And and I know that from hearing you talk on other things and just from just from knowing what this record's about. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen it mentioned that you're inspired by stuff from uh, Edgar Allan Poe and Arthur Rimbaud. Mm-hmm. Specifically, what's the uh, what's the one work that you're specifically you specifically referenced? Um, um, a season in hell. It's um, Arthur and is like a French poet that like got addicted to absinthe and would like write next to the war torn bodies in like World War One, mm-hmm. and he'd write these like crazy elaborate theatrical um, works about hell and about the devil and about living in hell. And uh, eventually, he faked his own death and never told anyone who he was until like the day he died on his deathbed because. Oh, wow. For being a creative genius, it took that much of a toll on him where he didn't want to exist anymore. Wow. Now, I mean, I know the name, but I don't. And maybe I've known that story in the past, but I didn't remember it. But I do know the name. Well, my my grandma used to watch Eddie and the Cruisers with me. And that's how I found out about it. It's like Mm -hmm. the main book in Eddie and the Cruisers. And I got really into it when I was younger. I got really into English. And that's what I went to school for. I went to school for like composition writing. Oh, wow. Okay. So So you actually know what the fuck you're talking about and are capable of writing. I mean, uh, I've smoked a lot of it away, but it's still there. Yeah, it's still there somewhere. <laughs> that just enhances it, doesn't it? Yeah, Isn't that- I mean, now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you mentioned wanting to be open and talk about suicide and mm-hmm. th- mental health and things that are important. Uh, but you also mentioned earlier on that you weren't comfortable like that and the songs were about fucking movies. When did that change for you? Um, I think we all got closer, like as a, and I got more comfortable with being open. And Ethan's probably more miserable than I am as a person. So me and him kind of like work well together. And uh, he kind of got me out of my shell when it came to writing. And then um, I don't know, I just stopped caring what anyone thought. Like, I, yeah, I want to have fun still. And but like, if I'm doing music, there needs to be something behind it, and I should be getting something out of it just as much as the, the person listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if I get it all out, I'm not keeping it in. I'm not a complete psychopath all the time. <laughs> I think it kind of started. Uh, we started a little bit on Born Broken. I wrote a couple of songs, like, lyrically for Born Broken. I've always, like, when I was doing death metal shit, I would write whatever stupid death metal lyrics. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. On, on the side of that, I always wrote, like, other shit, that, like, personal shit, because I always wanted to do something that used that. So Cody kind of came to a point where he was out of ideas or wasn't ready to write about real shit. And we were tired of writing about movies. And I had just a a fucking whole notes folder full of shit that I had written. So we kind of just picked out of that. But I think doing that initially is probably what got us to where we are now. Cause now it's a point where it's like, if you're going to put music out, that's going to be there forever. At some point you want, something in it to mean something yeah Yeah. so writing about fucking 90s movies and eating two cheesesteaks at a time with each other (laughs) that shit's not gonna help anybody it helped our friendship i mean it got us closer during those years and like we all got closer because we were just bullshit and have fun but like there comes a point in time if we're gonna take this time out of our busy lives already to do something we want something that's gonna last forever that people will appreciate 
Yeah, no, that's very that's very cool, and I appreciate that. The, the and it's funny, not funny, haha, but uh, interesting you say that <laughs> because there's there's uh, there's friends of mine that might have been even been friends of yours who who are not here anymore, mm-hmm. and they contributed a lot of music and even a lot of lyrics, but I don't know, and, and they were very good at what they did, but they didn't necessarily leave anything of substance and i know that sounds yeah. like i'm cheapening what they did leave but but the no, but, I get it. but there's something like there could have been other things said and so yeah. they could have said more about themselves and we could have that and instead it's just songs about getting fucked it's up, the same right? process as like if the dude from bowling for soup dies tomorrow all he did was write 1985 and the girl in the bad guys won. that's a cover <laughs> 1985 is yes really it's a fucking SR7 company. Okay, we're going to talk about this later. Yeah. But you get my point yes. there. I gave a good analogy. Jesus. Well, that, see, you brought up bowling for soup, and that's that, and that's the problem, right? Yeah. Yeah, you, yeah you, dude. But that's the You don't want to be bowling for soup. No, no, you don't. You want to leave something behind that you uh, that you feel good about, even, too. Yeah. Um, or feel terrible about, because that's kind of a cool feeling, too, to get it out there. Yeah, yeah but don't... Doesn't it feel better to have those songs out there than than fucking Point Break? Yes, absolutely. If Point Break vanished from the internet tomorrow, I'd be the best day of my life. <laughs> <laughs> my only thing with the new music is, is like I put so much into it, it's like emotionally draining for me when I play. Like yeah. legitimately, it is. Can you listen to it? I barely do. He just walked in while I was cooking dinner, and I was learning the lyrics to one of the new songs we play. <laughs> I listen to it more than anybody else. Mostly, yeah. Mm. No, that's I cool. Just, I- I, I think you should listen to. I just listen to pop punk. But at the end of the day, like it, when we made that initial switch with gloves off to kind of make it more serious, yeah. I said from the jump, like, "Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot; we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you." That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'm going to write music that I like. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck who doesn't like it, who doesn't want to listen to it, who doesn't want to focus because of it. This is fun, and I'm going to keep having fun. Yeah. So yep. at this point, like, if I'm the only person that likes new gloves off material, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> that's, I encourage people to hate it. That's good. That's that's like a, it's to me. That's a super mature way of yeah. of writing music. And if you, if you're only thirty, you said right, then you came yeah. to that way earlier than most people do. Because trust me, I do. I've been doing this for years. I talked and and only with friends and whatever. You talk to people, and people don't start doing that until they're much later into their musical career right they start they drop their inhibitions and just do it how they want to do it fucking who cares about success because you got to know you got to discover early on that for every (laughs) for every turnstile 
there are millions, there's a fucking million hardcore bands, right? Yep. That yeah. The idea of making something of this other than something fun is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. I'll never be a musician. That won't be my like song type, like my like title. Right. What is your title? Uh, I just do construction and carpentry. That's pretty damn good, man. That's I used to work on the highways. I quit like two weeks ago. <laughs> I just quit my job last week. Uh, it's, a, it's a freeing feeling. <laughs> but I just started this week in another one. So, you know, yeah, so right, right back into another one. <laughs> I can't quit my job for like 25 more years. 25 years, you're good. Ooh, what, you got a government job? You got a 30-year retirement deal? I state job. State Ooh, that's even better. Yeah. Yeah, 30-year deal. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Retire at 55. That's not bad. Uh, not bad. Yeah, I'm I'll never going to get there. Years. I'll be, yeah, I'll most likely. I'll, I'll be dead. dead. I'll die the day before I retire. Someone's going to shoot me. <laughs> well, you know, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, so, Cody, you said, you said it before, and you said it, you said it just a minute ago. You listen to more pop punk than metal or hardcore. Why don't you do a – I mean, you do do a pop punk band, but why don't you do a serious original uh, pop I'm, punk I'm, I'm working on one – but we're all in different bands that are bigger bands and we're spread out between like three states. Uh, we were talking about doing one just where we all same instruments and just do like pop punk. But like, I don't know, pop punk just does it for me. I've been doing hardcore for like 20 some years. Yeah, I love hardcore. I always love hardcore. I love going to see hardcore. I love participating in hardcore shows, like being at a hardcore show. But like when I'm home, I'm already a maniac. I don't need no help. I'd much rather sing some sad ass songs in the kitchen <laughs> I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. And in mm -hmm. fact, I've said for, for years, for 15 years, that I love hard. Well, let me say this back the way I used to say. I like metal. I like rock music. I like punk music. But I love hardcore. Mm -hmm. I don't, but that doesn't mean I, but I don't primarily listen to hardcore. I probably listen to hardcore less than all those things. But but I grew up in the scene, Pennsylvania hardcore, right? In this area, you know how easy it is to love that. And yeah. just being part of something like I don't have that love for other genres, right? As much metal as I listen to, I don't love it the way I love hardcore. Even if I'm listening to it more, it's just not. I don't, and I don't know how if that makes sense to everybody, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. Not, nothing will ever take back um, the feelings of being at a hardcore show, especially when you're younger. Yeah, that's like a whole different feeling for me. But like. As I've gotten older, I've gotten really into bands and artists that do more lyrically. Yeah. Like, honestly, don't get me wrong. There's some hardcore that's got some hard-ass lyrics that's really, really good. Yeah. Right. However, um, sometimes when I'm in, like, a thought process of, like, either being manic or just being my hands tied up or whatever, I like just listening to people enunciate and speak what they're, like, closing their eyes and thinking about. I like that sometimes. But when it comes to raw emotion, I'll take hardcore all day, every day. Do you try to incorporate that enunciation and that idea into gloves off what you're doing? I just learned how to enunciate my words. We've been yelling at them for a few years. Yeah, I. Uh, it's finally starting to, to yeah. stick in there. Yeah, I stopped. I stopped worrying so much about tone and like a rawness in my voice and started working on pronunciation, and it's going a lot better. Um, for a while, I didn't care. I just wanted to get out this like raw emotion i didn't really care how it sounded and then after a while i guess they kind of taught me how to do it the right way for the most part it's a hard thing to do though uh it's yeah. not, i i was a singer in a band for a bit and i, I didn't enjoy it at all <laughs> like, it's <laughs> it's really hard it's hard as shit 
I used to yeah. envy. I, I used to envy everybody with the drummer because I still think drums are the most impossible thing on earth. I don't know how anybody does them. Ours yeah. is a lefty. Ours is a lefty, dude. <laughs> what are they? And he's like six five, dude. He's big. <laughs> he makes no sense. No. Yeah. Well, that, that that's the one instrument I don't understand. I mean, I, I can't play shit at all. I can't. I can barely sing. Um, but but the I used to. I remember doing a show in uh in uh, Lansdale. Mm. We drove up. My band was in Baltimore, and we drove up from Baltimore. And uh, like I was just, I ran out of air, and like half my body had a stroke, and I like collapsed on the fucking. I had to sit down mid song, and it's just not fun. It's hard to do. And <laughs> when did you find there, get- there's like there's some shows where like I'll move around a lot, and there's other shows where like we're probably cramped, and they'll be like, "Oh, you didn't move that much." I'm like, "Yeah, I'm just angry. I'm trying to get done the fucking song. I'm trying to get everything out of my fucking breath." <laughs> and like you try to sing along to my shit, it's fucking hard. It is hard, and I, I don't think people because there's some people who do it so fucking well that make it look yeah. so easy that. uh it makes it look worse for that, but I'm sure you can say the same about every instrument, you know, on the stage, oh, yeah. right? But but I've only had experience doing vocals, and it's uh, it's not easy. So uh, you, d- I think you do them well, right? Because I've Thank I've you. listened, and, and you've clearly gotten better at them. Um, do you feel comfortable with it at all yet? Um, I have like a pre-show ritual where I drink orange juice and throw up, and throw up usually. That seems like the worst possible thing to do yeah but for some reason Absolutely. it works and we have no idea why and i've always been yeah. like that wow so I don't, I don't know i don't know what it is i mean i started taking care of my voice more when we're not like doing shows or like recording or anything like that but like when it comes to like doing a show i destroy my voice and then rehydrate all night long and i'm good the next day yeah yeah do you guys both of you do you guys practice outside of the practice room do you practice on your own you can go first on this one dude i mean i practice vocals i don't practice guitar at all I don't. Oh, I don't. I literally only play guitar at clubs off practice. <laughs> That's pretty good then. Our guitar player and our bass player play all the time. I've been playing for so long at this point that I'm like, not not tired of it, but it's just a thing of like, I can either practice gloves off songs or I can try to practice to be better, but at this point don't have the time or patience to get better. Yeah. So I'm kind of just sitting there playing my own band songs, which I can just do every Monday. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't uh, practice at our house, and I don't usually show up. I started to over the last like couple months. Yeah. My job before was like I'd work nights for like seven nights a week, like twelve hour shifts. That's fun. So we just made that kind of work, and even a lot of those lyrics we wrote like the week of recording it. Sometimes during the song. Oh yeah, there's definitely parts where I couldn't figure out a rhythm, and yeah. like those guys are, they're fucking actual musicians. Like I just, <laughs> I talk plan shit book shit and travel that's like yeah. what i do that's what i bring to the band but when it comes to actual being musicians like yeah i'm good at what i do and i'm good at writing it's all them and like for a while there i didn't go to band breaths for like six months that's great I, I, like i know that sounds like a joke yeah. but i i totally i totally get it um especially working that off shift mm-hmm. i literally did the exact same thing I totally understand why you wouldn't go to these fucking practices because yeah. you know, like it's not it's not for like not wanting to go, but like even when they're writing, the fuck am I gonna do? I'm like, oh, I'll play a you gotta down. wait for, you gotta wait for the song to get you know to- like the, the they would send me shit um like he would send me shit Monday night when I was out on the road. I would listen to it, I give my input, and like he would just tell him about it the next week, and that's what we would do. But like ultimately, like a band is a family, and I gotta trust them. So like I trust whatever they're doing is gonna be good. Yeah. Yeah. So when when you guys released Life and 
it didn't, uh, you said it didn't get much attention. You weren't able to do much with it. And now you've put out life and everything after mm. January 28th. Was that the right, was that the release date? Yep, that sound right? Yeah, it sounds right. So a little bit over a month ago, how has the reaction been thus far? Kind of humbling to yeah. be honest with you. Like, like I, I feel how he does. Like, I don't give a fuck if you like my band or not. I'm doing it just as much for you as I do for me. Yeah. Uh, like just the amount of like streams we got and shit was absolutely wild. Yeah. And like we keep getting offered like shit too, but like, motherfucker, we just got bills to pay and gas is like <laughs> fucking four bucks a gallon, dude. Can't even go. I might call out work tomorrow just to save some money. Nah, dude. We were talking. We were talking <laughs> in the band chat about guarantee money that we might have to up our guarantee just for gas. Like that fucking yeah. sucks. It does suck. I'm trying not to complain about it because we're not getting bombed. I don't uh, get. I, so. I get that whole thing, but I also like. I see people complain about everything on Facebook, yeah. <laughs> and it's like now they want to complain about like fucking gas is five dollars a gallon. If I want to complain about it, I'm gonna complain about it. If you complain about your stupid ass mom that died, or some <laughs> shit like that, damn, that's harsh. Oh, no, I complain about gas prices. That's what yeah. you complain. Ethan is literally the most miserable person I know, and I live with him. Sorry, ass mom. Yeah, dude. <laughs> so, well, yeah, the, like, the good news wanna, for me we wanna, is we want to we want to play a lot more, and we yeah. want to do cool stuff, but everything's fucked. Yeah, really calm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you guys do seem to do a good job in the area, getting yeah. out there and getting on shows. Because I see you, I see you doing stuff at Reverb, doing stuff in Philly, doing stuff in New Jersey for some reason. And, uh, you know, oh, the, <laughs> he's from Jersey. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Uh, I do the same thing. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, but you seem to seem to go for it, at least from what you can, while still being adults. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we make whatever we can. And like, if we can't, we try to get a fill in, which isn't a problem. We play Jersey a lot because like... Uh, Joe Stanley and Duda always has us, you know, always tries to get us on stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Mood at Reverb is starting to hook us up with like bigger shows, which is like really big for us. That show right. we're playing up there. Like, I don't know what the, f- I'm going to throw up a lot for that show. <laughs> and, um, yeah, probably. yeah, we're going to play Virginia Beach in August for this kid, Caleb, uh, Lost Life Booking. I'm like real pumped to get on there too because we never played like Virginia Beach or Virginia. Virginia Beach, is, Virginia Beach is awesome. I, well, well it used, at least it used to be. It's a thing called, uh, what is it? Fuck, forget the name of the actual Mosh for Life. Mosh for Life, yeah, and it's like a big nice. benefit for like suicide awareness and stuff, which is really awesome. Good. What do you? Do? What's the show in uh, Reverb? Who's that with? It's a big metal tour, right? Fucking a, dude. It's... Suicide Silence, Carnifex, Lorna Shore, Lorna Shore, Prana Burning Body. I think so. Purgatory. Only us and Purgatory know each other. <laughs> Those are our dudes, but like that's a big show for both our bands, which is really cool. Yeah, well, well that I, I the reason I referenced that show is because that again shows how you're able well it's a good show for you guys because you are essentially a metal band in my opinion right but you're you're able to transcend those two you're able to play hardcore and metal shows and uh nobody who's gonna bat an eye i'd imagine yeah Um, it's usually people that that bat an eye are like i wasn't expecting this the fuck is this fat dude yelling about killing himself about now (laughs) yeah but it has to go over well i'd imagine Mm -hmm. Uh, most of the time it does. I mean, we played some shows where we're just like, ah, oh, cool, man. We're just going to play this and go home. I think the biggest the biggest thing that we run into is like kids will like us and they'll be listening to it, like nodding their heads and stuff. And like people we have 
we don't have your traditional like breakdowns or mosh parts like our stuff kind of gets into the breakdown weird or it gets into the mosh part by some strange way you don't see <laughs> yeah so like kids will try to mosh and they don't really know when or where to mosh like <laughs> like we played the when we first put out life we played at creep records a release show yeah and we played the ep in order front to back so the first song uh pinnacle and timelines has like a breakdown that's not really a breakdown it's like a slow blast beat with this weird open chord thing but some kid we played that it kicked into that part and some kids started moshing and it was like the greatest thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> it was the highlight of gloves off for me <laughs> this random kid started moshing during a blast beat part that i had to like almost strangle all these dudes to get into the song it's a validation it was, it was everything coming together yeah. <laughs> what do you want to see when you play uh, i just want people to hurt each other can you see through the sweat when you're playing yeah i don't really look at yeah <laughs> um i just want to see kids having fun i mean if you're not having fun whatever i'll just do what i gotta do and get out of there but i prefer for you to like it that'd be nice yeah, yeah I, I i like asking that question well i like asking people if they're cool with i mean it's fucking it's, it's an obvious answer usually uh but cool with violent moshing while you're playing and so that's we like played out we've played out near you quite a few times and like mechanics break a little past you and shit i bet that doesn't happen and, does it uh no no no. we we had like eight flights during the one set and i'm not stopping yeah i'm fucking paid to be there you're getting your money's worth okay so the only show i've been to here recently um was unfortunately my good friend scotto's memorial show um mm -hmm. with uh who played who headlined that split and uh no good deed were the yeah. two up there and it's the first time me being back to a show in that area in a long in a long time, like since the Champ was a real venue. Yeah, um, I can tell you, it was since Wisdom and Chains, everything you know, record release show. That was the last time I went to a show in in Harrisburg, mm -hmm. and uh, I had no idea what's happening there now. The fucking <laughs> and it, of goons. IDS crew everywhere. It was it's as someone who was like came up in that area to go back now and see it. I was like, what the fuck is it? Like not, not in a bad way. I don't even mean it in a, yeah. in a criticizing way. I just mean, this is not what I expected to be going on here. And I was happy to see it. I was like, Oh, yeah. okay. We're doing this now. That's, and that uh, venue, that venue they got that, uh, was it JB love drafts? There's, there's two locations with that. Yeah. There's a, yeah. I don't, the one yeah. that's on the little road, we played that downstairs room. Yeah. And it only fits like a hundred people. And there was like 140 people there and they literally fought our entire set. Yeah. There was our entire set. Awesome. I fought my pedal board. Yeah. Yeah. I fought I was gonna die. Yeah. Yeah. It was hot, hot. But um, we played the other one. I don't really like playing on stages, but I feel cool up there. But like that venue's really nice too with the actual brewery there and everything. Yeah. yeah. I've never even been out to that one yet. So you know more about they, that one than I do. They got real drunk. Yeah, we all everybody <laughs> but yeah. before we played. It, it was probably not the best decision. Yeah. I don't I don't drink very often, so I'm usually like the clear edit one, and these guys were Idiot. Yeah, I love getting drunk because I like <laughs> to say stupid shit. And so, what do you expect to do with gloves off now that you have this record out? I can't wait to break up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's gonna explode anyway. Honestly, dude, they have like five more new songs already that they're just like, 
I'm the only one with an Android. I got to get into this iPhone message, John. No, nah, man. I just got the S22 Ultra yesterday. So just go, just go yeah, with it. Get it. I'm get the it. only one in the band without it. I've missed Don't. so much shit. <laughs> nah, I have to do it. But um, those dudes, like, especially BMOC, our bass player, mm-hmm. does not stop writing music, like all music, not just hardcore or anything else, but yeah. like just writes a shit ton of music. Sean, hate most of his musical taste, but the dude sits at home and writes and and does shit and presents shit and then when we jam all of us in the basement that's usually ethan thinking of shit it's weird how the dynamic works yeah, yeah. so potentially a new record already being written and we're uh, never going to stop writing music yeah no. i think i would rather keep putting out like eps and splits and things like that every year and a half year because i like when bands do that i like getting more material from bands. I like seeing that bands are working. Yeah. Like we put out five things in five years or whatever. People might get sick of us, but the people who aren't are going to keep coming back for that. They're going to expect that. Right. And we got plenty of PTSD and depression to talk about. <laughs> hey, yeah, and people don't have attention spans. No. I feel like people don't want to listen to pieces of music that have more than five, six songs on point. I still listen to the Gorilla Biscuits start today on a weekly basis, but that's because I'm stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well that's that's about the, the best example but well i personally i want to listen to something that's either fast like f- fast and short like like an ep you know yeah. Yeah. or or i want some ridiculously long like immersive metal album so that's the thing or, like we, even when we get into like jamming and doing weird shit we try to keep everything under like three four minutes it's a lot of the reviews we got for the album were like it's the perfect amount to keep yeah. your attention and i was like that's all i wanted yeah. I don't want yeah. to bore you. I don't want it to be too short. I want it to leave you feeling pleasantly, like, I don't know. Satisfied, right? Satisfied, yeah. yeah. Did you get any fun negative reviews? Um, Did we? I don't think so. I think one, one, the dude said something about him not liking the drum tone. And my response was like, all right, cool. Suck a dick. And then <laughs> the other one was, uh, it's like nothing new same stuff but done well and i was like i'll take that as a fucking compliment i'm not being that in the goddamn wheel no, that one I didn't. yeah i mean it made me upset because yeah. we do do things differently however like yeah there's a fucking formula to when you write music like, that's how right. you write music and i think that's a that's a weird comment to say anyway because i feel like you maybe you're not doing something new but you're not doing something that a lot of pe- other people are doing right now they're yeah. probably canadian it's gotta be or else but yeah <laughs> honestly Russian. dude like God, Any, anyone can think whatever they want. There was this uh, three Scottish dudes that did like a live like review on our thing. Yeah, yeah. And like the one dude was like, I don't like the drum tone. And both other dudes were like, shut up. Yeah. And it like made me, that was the one I was talking about. It made me like really happy. This dude's really dug it. He's like a nine out of 10 or some shit. Like, the one dude said, if you only have two minutes to do something, use that two minutes to listen to Death Awaits. And I was like, nobody's ever given me such a fucking... <laughs> I wrote that whole song. I wrote the lyrics and the music. Uh-huh. That's mine. You're that's his baby. Your two minutes of your life on my song. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. That's that a cool feeling when somebody. That's not the best in that song. That's a cool feeling when somebody really, really likes something that you've created. Yeah. Like yeah. The, all I know is that feeling of liking something that much. Yeah. yeah. To be able to watch somebody be like, "Oh, I like your thing that much." We, we have a friend and a fellow musician that's out in Harrisburg. I don't, I'm not going to say my name or anything. He's like a tattoo artist and shit. 
but he brought in reflection lyrics to his therapist and was like, Hey, this is how I've been feeling lately. And I think you need to read this. And that was the biggest compliment I've ever gotten in my life because I've been in therapy my entire life. And yeah. I know that's like a big deal to like do something like that. And uh, I took a grippy sock leak for that. Oh, probably should have. But um, yeah, dude, just, I don't know. Like, like I said earlier, like some of the shit we write is uncomfortable and stuff, but like what we're doing is what we're good at. And that's expressing ourselves in the correct way. That's very cool. It makes it seem like there's way more of a purpose to uh, to your music, to your art, but without, but there doesn't seem like there's a pressure on it. No, um, no, it's like it's like about like straight edge dudes being angry about being straight edge. We're just depressed dudes about being depressed. <laughs> just getting it out, dude. <laughs> so it's in a cycle. Getting yeah. it, good, 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 uh, good way to add the podcast name in there too. So I kind of asked this already, but I'm going to ask it in a different way. What is what is next for Gloves Off in the immediate future? You got shows, um, gas prices are crazy. So you're probably not going to tour. You're just going <laughs> to write a new EP. Maybe do five weekends in a month. I'm gonna blow the lid. Good. In the near future, gloves off. We'll have clean singing. That's what we'll have. What say? Clean singing. Clean singing. Okay. Right, that's. I don't know. Okay, I didn't know about this, but sure, <laughs> we're doing it. Dude. That's what I've been working towards the whole time. Yeah. Once a record, we'll put like a little part that's melodic in there. Just I just say clean. Hide singing. it in there. I just Is that gonna be you? No, probably me. You got to, you got the cleans too. I went to Catholic school. I played a pop punk band, dog. I can sing. I can sing really well. <laughs> That's impressive. Thank you. I'm a man uh, of many talents that gets me nowhere in life, <laughs> except for on podcasts and regular cardboard stages. <laughs> hey, some people don't get it. Don't even get there. You know. Uh, <laughs> do you know people? I tell no that they can't. I'm not going to do a podcast with them. So as you should. <laughs> yeah. I'm, oh. As you fucking should, dude. I usually do it politely, but uh, or so, just, so thank you for having us. We <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, I'm glad to finally have you. Um, the your sound, as we mentioned, is type kind of a throwback to some of the early 2000s metalcore stuff, not entirely, right? There's just el- elements of that. No, um, there's mosh booty shorts in there, Absolutely. right? Yeah. What, what bands were, were the bands you were listening to then or from then? You want to go first? uh i'd say around uh that's a little bit before i started really getting into metal but i was big in the metalcore phase but probably like the band that sticks out the most when i was around that age probably himza i I wasn't expecting that one but yeah listen to that band like crazy i learned all their stuff like i wanted to do vocals like their singer i could never figure it out but i tried yeah and there was a band that this dude i started hanging out with showed me he was a couple years older than me and after that, I tried to find anything that sounded even kind of like that for the next however many years. That's a good one. That's that's not. I mean, it's a it's a great reference, and I I can hear that in the sound, but I never would have expected to hear them. My answer is more in depth. <laughs> I was already going to shows in like '99 because I got brought around when I was like really really young. So you or, were coming in right at like the height of this shit. Yeah, but I was like 12 or 13. I was really young. Right. Like I was, my grandma let me go. Yeah, you had to be. I mean, if I'm older than you, and I was getting in at the same time. So my grandma used to let me go in vans with bands and go like on weekenders with like Big D and the Kid Table to Captain Travels and shit. <laughs> um, music's always been cool. But uh, 
I got lucky enough, like being involved in the scene when like the state forward was doing shit around here. And uh, what's Bob's band right now? I'm having a brain fart. Fuck. Life. Mind power. Life was lost. Life was lost. <laughs> Dude's, dude lives like five streets over and I forgot his band name. Fuck me. Uh, a life once lost. They had like huge fast at Blanca Park back in the day with like yeah. locked in the vacancy, all else failed, Lamb of God, uh, 12 tribes, the minor times. Like I got into it at a really mush mouth. I got into a really, really good time. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens I've always really liked pop punk. However, when it comes <laughs> to what we do, yes, I, I grew up in the, the perfect time of Palanca Park and being in Bucks County and when everything was. Palanca, I remember looking at the lineups for Palanca Park shows on PAHardcore.com and having, oh, no idea, and having no idea where Palanca Park was, just knowing that it was in Pennsylvania. But it's, I was like six minutes that way. I was like 16. So so the, yeah. the, the time I drove to Philly for shyhood and darkest hour and the haunted and cataclysm was like the height you know what i mean like so fucking plank park i was never gonna find that but uh <laughs> darkest hours were good darkest hour back then that was the uh, hidden hands of a sadist nation when that when that record came out that was the they were, they were everywhere back then um you've done a few of these right you've talked to a lot of people you've talked about the record a lot it's been out for a month or so is there anything about it that you haven't gotten to say and haven't gotten to express to people that you would um, like to touch on thank you everyone in my life that pissed me off to the point where i can write a fucking album and yell in people's faces thank you for people who are buying it and thank you for childhood trauma for making people into the monsters that they are we appreciate it <laughs>
So there you have it. That was my conversation with Ethan and Cody of Gloves Off. The song you just heard was My Death Was a Banquet, Off the Life and Everything After LP, out now on Upstate Records. I still believe that that is uh, available on LP as well as CD and, of course, digitally. And I'm sure there's a lot of cool merch you can pick up there as well. Go support Upstate Records and everything they do and Gloves Off as well. Thanks to Cody and Ethan for joining me for an hour to chat. It was an enjoyable one and uh, looking forward to what they have next. Uh, Until then, be on the lookout for what I got next. I got one of my favorite episodes I've ever done ready for next week. Um, And if you like heavy hardcore, you'll like that one. As far as the website that I've been telling you about for over two years now, I'm not telling you about it anymore. It'll happen when it happens. And uh, that might be never, but we'll see. Well, let's wrap this thing up. Before I do that, I want to remind you to go to Instagram and follow at getting underscore it underscore out underscore podcast. And don't be afraid to send me an email whenever you like. Dan at gettingitout.net. If you want to send in your tracks to be played on the show, if you want to make a comment, if you want to make a suggestion, if you have a question, reach out. I will answer you as quick as I can, and that should be pretty quick. All right? So before we go on this one, I want to drop a track from Beyond the Sticks. They're a French metallic hardcore group. Their their latest record dropped on February 4th on What the Fuck Records. I'm sorry, WT, <laughs> WTF Records. Let's be correct here. Uh, it's called Sentence. This song is called Collateral. There's a video for it and everything. Go check it out. Beyond the Sticks, yes, Sticks spelled like the band Sticks, which I'm sure means something else, but in my mind, it only means the band Sticks. But this band is beyond that. They are beyond the Sticks. No no S at the end. It just ends with an X. You got it? Beyond the Sticks, Collateral, off of their album Sentence, out now. Check it out. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. 